everyone. We are live and in person. I hope everyone's doing well. Welcome to Friday Night Live with your Edge of Wonder hosts, Ben and Rob. I'm Rob. <laughs> and I'm Ben, if you haven't figured that out. We're going to say that six times in this opening. <laughs> and we have another Ben to bring on. But this week, we're wondering, is the Deutsche Bank the next falling domino in the collapsing banking system? And what's causing the banks to fail in the first place? We've uncovered deeper connections that something darker is going on behind the scenes and a link to the CCP. So join us for this interview with the credit chief himself, Ben Hedges. Not this Ben. Different Ben. Ben Hedges. <laughs> we'll expose the financial industry, go over new Mandela effects, plus bring you the top 10 weird news of the week and a dig deep live Q&A so we can get started now and we'll see you guys out. On the edge. And if you're listening to our podcast, please give us a five-star rating and review so we can keep making this awesome content for you guys. Ben Hedges, the man, the myth, the legend. Hey, guys. <laughs> very happy to be here. Thank you. Your, Thanks for being here. Your camera looks good, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's 4K. <laughs> That's what it is. Ours is somewhere around like 1K. <laughs> well, not even that, probably. <laughs> Which would I guess we're at half a carrot 10, here? It's supposed to be like 1080, but it's more like 420. Right. <laughs> so, oh man, so much going on um, with uh, finance right now. Uh, in it's the been bank. a uh, yeah, it's been a roller coaster two weeks in the financial industry in the U.S. and in Europe. Yeah. Sure has. Well, Ben, so before we like jump into everything, um, we're going to also explain uh, why you're here and what you're doing. Um, but we, we do have some funny things that we kind of usually show first. But before we do that, just because you're here, why don't you tell everyone um, what credit, like what is Credit Shifu and your new show, Dirty Money? Sure. Yeah. So um, Credit Shifu, it's a YouTube channel where we review personal finance uh, products and we teach people how to use credit cards, leverage credit uh, to do things such as accumulate points for free first-class flights and five-star hotel stays, and also how to leverage your credit for business opportunities like uh, building rental properties or uh, you know retail arbitrage or other kinds of, uh, well, there you go, my uh, $370,000 cabin build explained. That's a video about... Uh, you know, this rental property, I'm um, Airbnb property I'm building. Then down, we have uh, some reviews of credit cards and you scroll down further. We've got Las Vegas hotel reviews. And a lot of these are, uh, you know, luxury travel that I've done, uh, leveraging credit card points, uh, to get it basically for free. So, um, yeah, that's basically what we teach people through the channel. We've got a whole credit building course and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then our channel new badly actually oh, yeah, yeah. terrible with that. Well, feel free to, to check it out. Binge. So wait, you have something with the most expensive cup of coffee in the world? What? What? what is oh it? yeah, I um I made the most expensive. Well, I don't know if actually the most expensive. Oh, the I, beans I that the animal poops from. Or right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The elephant poop beans, right? <laughs> yeah, the world's most expensive cup of coffee. Um, that well, the individual bean wasn't actually a thousand dollars, but uh, the coffee, the bean was a thousand dollars. Uh, the milk. I, I tried to get the world's most expensive water to brew it with, but the bottle actually smashed in the mail. So I got like a soggy box with glass in it. Yeah. Um, so I scrapped that idea. But I did brew it with like Fiji water. Um, 
and uh, yeah, the milk was was the most hipsterish, expensive uh, milk, like ten dollars a carton. <laughs> um, and <laughs> yeah, it was the elephant poop coffee. Uh, but anyway, this is yeah, this is my new channel, Dirty Money, um, which is uh, less on personal finance and more sort of like documentaries about the financial system and the sinister side of finance. Um, and we just started that a few months ago so that's the one we're kind of promoting right now so do if you're watching this do go check out dirty money we're on all the uh all the social medias youtube instagram tiktok twitter uh dirty money show is our handle i think on all of them so do go check it out nice all right well before we jump into the show um i want you guys to get you might actually know this rob but i want you guys to guess this city this picture was taken in 1904. Guess the city. Hint, today it's one of America's worst cities. America's worst cities. <laughs> okay, so um, the worst cities in America right now. Uh, we're going to come down to Detroit, uh, New Orleans. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, even though there's parts of New Orleans that are nice. Um what did what do we got? Chicago. Chicago is pretty bad. Um, Saint Saint Louis. Is Saint Louis bad? Yeah, actually, Saint Louis. What? Yeah. Can you? Oh, I was gonna say New Orleans because of the water. That's friggin' beautiful. Where <laughs> is that even still existing? Uh, no. This looks like straight out of Lord of the yeah, Rings or you know, something. I mean, this is a what what a lot of what happened. You had these like really amazing, beautiful architecture that was just kind of destroyed. Like Penn Station in New York. Yeah. What? Yeah. And and that's you know, it's really interesting. When you read some of the comments on the Twitter post of this, um, people really say that it's like, wow, you know, that this it's like if things still look like this, we probably wouldn't have as much these like crime and all these issues as we 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 have in today's world and instead it's like replaced by all these like ugly buildings and um also a lot of people are throwing the world of tartaria out there you know like the, oh, the buildings that i was just gonna that, say know? have you heard about this ben like basically tartaria. okay you know <laughs> you know how um so america we, we kind of founded america like when europe was in its heyday right but basically there is this theory, I guess you could say, that before anyone even came over here, all of this architecture was already here. And, and it was like beautiful, like this old ancient architecture that looked really similar to that. And there are people now that are saying that the same type of thing was is, is in Africa right now, actually. Oh, wow. And that none of us know about it because Africa is this like sort of it's like the ocean of the world. Like no one knows what's in the ocean. No one knows what's really in Africa. Like we have all of this idea that it's just like the jungle there. And, you know, you're going to get desert. yeah, you're going to get like mauled by a lion if you go over there. But what's really there, there apparently are all of these areas that have this like super advanced, rich architecture that no one can explain. And it's been hidden from us. Yeah, there. And then also uh, Mongolia seemed to be the heart of where Tartaria is. So Mongolia kind of coming into Turkey and even parts of China and Russia. So um, it was, it's really fascinating. We did a whole series on it on Rise TV, all about the world of Tartaria. And it's like a five. I watched, I think, one of your Tartaria ones. Cool. Yeah. Did you like it? This one. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Cool. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, um, 
Okay, I do have a Mandela effect, and then we'll start. It's not just a Mandela effect. Do you know what the Mandela effect is, Ben? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so we, we call these the Bendela effect, and we even have an opening for it that... Yes! Good stuff. Good stuff. All, All right. right, so actually, Ben, you're here too. I want to hear your take on this. The original Marlboro Man. Marlboro Man, Mar yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the story about him? Did he die of cancer? Did he die of cancer? Yes. I think, I think he did, right? That's the, the, that, ori the original, original guy I'm talking about. That's the urban myth. That he died okay. of cancer. It's like how, it's like how the, uh, the Segway guy died on a Segway. <laughs> he did, didn't he? The Marlboro yeah. man and the Segway guy, they, they share this. Did like, they really? The yeah, Segway guy? No, the Segway CEO yeah, fell off literally Segwayed off a cliff and then Segway, yeah. which was like doing really well, all of a sudden just tanked and everybody stopped buying <laughs> them. Because wow. I remember like I, when I was in Washington, D.C. back in like 2008 or whatever, everybody was on yeah. Segways like, yeah, dude, you know, I remember, all, I remember it was the dumbest looking thing. Yeah, I think in D.C. it's been overtaken by uh, bird scooters and lime scooters now. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So the original Marlboro Man, that's the one I'm talking about. He just died in 2019. Wait, so he really? didn't die of cancer and he just died. He never smoked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, so confused. <laughs> me too. The, I this this is up there for me as like you didn't like of uh she didn't have braces uh, the the, oh, uh, the the Moonraker one and and um the publishing clearinghouse. This this is Ed McMahon. Yeah, this is as big as that one for me. Now there has been five different. Marble man from out throughout the year. So maybe it was one of the other ones that died of cancer. <laughs> That's but, but I specifically remember the original one. The guy died in like the 90s, and it was like everybody talked about it. And <laughs> I, I just remember that. Like it was it was just a common knowledge that the original guy died, and then they were having a hard time, and like all these other people died after him. And there's like five five different um people that five different guys that played the Marlboro man after him and many of them did die of cancer but there was two that supposedly never smoked and it was the original one and then uh this one guy how can you look cooler than this guy seriously <laughs> <laughs> like uh, no like take the cigarette away and just the man himself is the coolest looking dude ever like he looks like he's a gunslinger the fastest gun in the in the west <laughs> That's crazy. You don't look cooler than that guy. No, that's cool. All right, he's true, like, I mean, this guy right here, he's even wearing a rain jacket and it's sunny out and he still looks cool. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's probably a trench coat. <laughs> probably. There is also a deleted article that I don't know why this is deleted, but I found it on uh, USA um, Today, I think it was. Yeah, sorry, US News. And I don't know why this is deleted, but there's another one that died in 2014 and i guess he played it in the 70s anyway but uh, this is all weird to me because i remember like you did the original one died that so. was what everyone used to say is yeah. he died from smoking <clears throat> and that was just proof that no one should smoke i agreed and this guy i don't know why this article was deleted from usa 
U.S. News. You know, but. kudos to this Marlboro Man guy for keeping up the Marlboro look till the end of his life. He's got that <laughs> handkerchief around his neck, still wearing the hat. Uh, anyway, crazy stuff. So, pretty, pretty interesting. Well, let's right. let's anyway. get into this banking stuff because. We have got questions. Before we do, though, we're going to play an awesome trailer for you guys. And we're going to come back and get right into all the crazy, insane banking world. A vast secret history. A lost ancient civilization. An empire they tried to erase. Tartaria's hidden past is just as fictional as Atlantis. Or is it? Humanoid giants, magical creatures that shouldn't exist, dogmen, centaurs, magicians, and evil spirits. Why did the Soviet communists remove all traces of Tartaria from their books? Why was it so important to wipe Tartaria off the face of the earth? Take a glimpse into the truth of the past. You were never supposed to know. So did Genghis Khan's ancestors and the Tartarians really discover America? Was Tartaria a global civilization? Forgotten maps, the journals of Marco Polo, ancient structures, evidence of advanced technology. Edge of Wonder brings you Tartaria. So you guys, you can find that on Rise TV. That's our uh, Tartaria series. So. Yeah, that's cool, right. guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Ben. Why don't we start talking about this whole banking system? Um, there's a lot of information that there's a lot found yeah. too, and then with Deutsch, Deutsch Bank, all the stuff that's happening there too. So, um, yeah, where, where do you want to start with this? Um, well, uh, probably good to start with SVB. Um, okay, that's, that's the one. That kind of, yeah, Silicon Valley Bank. That's the one that kind of kicked it all off. Uh, yeah, and well, you have a video had, too with Janet Yellen, right? So we can play that anytime yeah, you want. We'll, we'll play some of that video just a little bit later because I think um, that portrays very well what kind of uh, they're allegedly trying to do here. Um, but I'll explain it to you as, as we go. So Silicon Valley Bank... Uh, first, I think we should explain the reason why that collapsed, um, mm -hmm. at least sort of the surface reason. Um, so basically, the Fed has been raising rates, as you probably know, right? Raising the interest rates. Uh, and that means, uh, and they're raising interest rates to combat inflation, which was running at, I think, a ma it maxed out at around 9% last year. Uh, and that inflation was created because of the amount of money that they pumped into the system during the pandemic. Um, and also to an extent, uh, before as well they've been yeah i mean they've been pumping money into the system for actually like a decade now since Years. 2008 yeah. well yeah. 
2008, right. I guess, was the limit. And one of well, one of the statistics I saw was that we printed more money since the beginning of the pandemic than we have in the history of the United States. Yeah. So yeah, something like insane. yeah, like forty percent of the money supply was printed in the last two years or something like that. There was a yes. statistic. Um, we can probably find it somewhere on the internet, but um, yeah. So that's we printed so much money. There's so much liquidity going into the system. It's caused huge inflation. Um, the Fed started raising rates to combat inflation so really they're trying to create demand destruction which because uh, when when you raise interest rates people instead of putting their money into the stock market or instead of spending it on stuff they tend to put it into bank accounts put it into bonds because they can get a better interest rate right they can earn money off their capital so it, it reduces the amount of money supply floating around in the economy so it kind of brings on a recession now they'll they'll give you a buzzword like a soft landing that they hope it creates a soft landing, right? So a recession that's not too bad. Um, but who knows whether they can really achieve that. So what happened, so now how does that relate to SVB? Well, as the Fed raised rates, it gets more expensive to borrow money, right? And also because of the inflation as well, a lot of the startups, because many of SVB's customers were startups because it's Silicon Valley Bank, right? right um, exactly. So tech, tech startups. A lot of the startups needed capital because the other like debt loans they had were more expensive because interest rates were going up. Also because of the inflation, they needed money to, to pay higher wages and higher rates for things. So they started needing to access their capital in Silicon Valley Bank. And what banks do, because it's a fractional reserve banking system, you give them money. They don't just store your money. They go and invest that money in one, one of the most common places they invest it in US treasuries, all right? Because treasuries are viewed as relatively safe. They pay a fixed interest rate. But... Because so many startups, so many companies wanted to withdraw their money from Silicon Valley Bank, uh, Silicon Valley Bank did not have enough cash on hand to pay them all their money. So they had to actually sell some of their treasury bills. But because the Fed had raised rates so quickly, the treasury bills that they wanted to sell paid a lower interest rate than if you bought the same treasury bill at a current auction. Right. So, for example, the six month treasury place pays close to five percent right now. Maybe the ones they had were paying three and a half percent. Because that's so who wants. Exactly. And then maybe they have six months. Maybe there was three months left on it. Right. And it but it's paying a lower interest rate. So why would you buy that? You would just buy it from a current auction directly from the treasury. Right. right. So they had to sell them at a discount in order to be able to actually sell them. And thus, they sold something like $21 billion worth of treasuries at a loss of $1.8 billion. So they, they lost $1.8 billion on that sale, and they still ended up uh, just you know, totally going bankrupt. I mean, the, the, they've been taken over now by the government. So that's how it happened with Silicon Valley Bank. And then it spread you know, to Sid Signature Bank. And you know, it, it just kind of goes on and on. At Credit Suisse, obviously, that's huge bankruptcy right and now some worries happening with uh deutsche bank which deutsche bank actually over the years has been a terribly messed up bank too they restructured in 2019 and they've actually been making a profit for the last few years um but yeah what happened with them was that uh they had a spike in credit default swaps which is basically insuring their bonds mm -hmm. uh, so that if they go bankrupt the bondholders get paid and I guess um, there's not too much information about it, but from what it looks like is that they 
people are getting spooked by what happened with Credit Suisse. And now they're starting to view Deutsche Bank as, as risky too. And so right. they're buying these credit default swaps to ensure the, the bonds for the bondholders. So if you don't know, bondholder, uh, you know, you can buy um, two things from companies, two ways of investing in companies. You can either buy equity, which is a share of their stock, or you can buy bonds, which is their debt. So you're lending them money and they're paying you monthly or yearly or whatever. And typically, um, traditionally, bonds are more um, lower, what I want to say, there's lower risk on yeah. bonds traditionally because they, they're more stable than, than what stock is. There's lower risk, right? Because um, they're fixed, they're a fixed rate. So you can't, they can't lose money. The only way they can lose money if the company goes bankrupt or defaults on its debt. Um, but if the company goes bankrupt, the bondholders will get paid before the stockholders. Ah, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a thing as well. They pay their so debt. It's like an insurance policy for your money in a way too. So yeah, it is. Kind it can be seen that way. So people recommend the 60-40 bonds and stock portfolio. Right. And uh, so bonds give you some fixed income and it's get almost guaranteed not to lose value unless obviously a company goes bankrupt or something and can't pay. Uh, and then stocks, yeah, they, they go up and down in value but they can have higher growth and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. So basically that's sort of what happened with credit uh, with uh, Deutsche Bank. And that one's still very ongoing because it only just happened like a day yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're not really, we're going to have to, we're going to have to watch that and see how that one plays out. Seriously, we are. You know, when I was, when I was growing up, I, well, specifically, I remember watching the movie um, It's a Wonderful Life. Right. And, and because it shows the whole stock market crash, the Great, and the Great Depression and all of that. And I had a really hard time understanding this when I was young, little because I was like, wait a minute, if you're putting money in banks, how can the bank not have your money if that's your money in the bank? <laughs> and it's, yeah, like, it's like basic. it's like yeah it's like it's like I, wait, wait, I, they can't take your money you know but but yeah, I, all i asked you to do was hold this money <laughs> not use this money but but i learned at a young age that that's not what happens when you put money in the bank you know the the bank takes that money and then reinvests or you know mostly buys bonds sometimes they buy uh, like your mortgage, <laughs> mortgage loan or whatever, you know, it's like you buy a house and it's from one bank. And then the next month you get a notice from you saying your mortgage have now been sold to X and X bank, you know? That's so. right. Yeah. <laughs> they sell mortgages. Yeah. Mortgage yeah. securities. And that right. was a big thing that happened in 2008 with leading up to the crash was a that lot. That was the subprime mortgage market. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, The Big Short is a great movie to watch about that. Um, it is. If you want a good explanation of how it works and stuff. Um, I remember there's one, there's one scene where I think he, he goes to a strip club and he's, he's, he has this like dance with the stripper and he says, hey, you know, how much? Because he's trying to do research, right? And he's like, who has money? Oh, I know. <laughs> so he goes to this club and he says, how many houses have you got? And she's like, I've got five condos. And, he's, and they're all on variable interest rates. And he's like, "Oh, I think you better sell some, <laughs> sell some of those uh, some of those condos." And that and that's kind of why we have the thirty year fixed rate mortgage now, because at that time a lot of people had variable rate mortgages, and uh, you know when the the rates you know they could go up. If the rates went up, you would be you could get wiped out, you know. Um, and especially if you had a low credit score, you could have a mortgage that was on a really high interest rate. Um, and it, actually, that time rates had gone up just before the uh, 
the recession, you know, and then obviously they lowered them back, lowered them down to basically zero afterwards. Yeah. Cause, cause the government bailed all of that out. I mean, yeah. So they printed a bunch of money to bail it all out is what happened, isn't it? They printed a bunch of money, quantitative easing, and then they, they lowered rates really, really low so that no one was saving money in bank accounts anymore. Everyone was putting their money into the economy to support yeah. the economy, you know? Um, so when you take away that, I mean, interest rates in bank accounts, it's more normal for it to be around like 5%, you know, if you put your money in a savings account, right? That's that's normal. That's what it used to be when I was like a teenager. Um, and so really for the last 10 years, it's been very artificially low. Um and yeah, so with this banking crisis, though, what uh, another interesting thing uh, that has happened is the fact that the Fed, um, well, the, not the Fed, the FDIC insured all of the deposits in um, SVB and, well, and Signature I, I Bank. I it was up to 250000 So that's normally what it is, right? The, mm -hmm. uh, the limit is up to 250000 Unless you're the CCP, then you get all your money. But... Yeah. So let's, <laughs> let's actually play that little clip. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, starting at 1 minute 19, this is a Senator Lankford of o Oklahoma questioning uh, Janet Yellen, the head of the Treasury, used to be the head of the Federal Reserve uh, in the Senate. And then we'll, yeah, we'll discuss it afterwards. We're dealing with on it. Will the deposits in every community bank in Oklahoma, regardless of their size, be fully insured now? Are they fully recovered? Every bank, every community bank in Oklahoma, regardless of the size of the deposit, Will they get the same treatment that SVBP just got or Signature Bank just got? A bank only gets that treatment if a majority of the FDIC board, a supermajority, a supermajority of the Fed board, and I, in consultation with the president, determine that the failure to protect uninsured what? would create systemic risk and significant economic and financial consequences. So what is and your plan? That determination. <laughs> right. So, so what is your plan <laughs> to keep large depositors from moving their funds out of community banks into the big banks? We have seen the mergers of banks over the past decade. I'm concerned you're about to accelerate that by encouraging anyone who has a large deposit in a community bank to say, we're not going to make you whole, but if you go to one of our preferred banks, we will make you whole at that point. And then that's how they control all your money. Um, look, I mean, we're, that's certainly not something that we're encouraging. That is happening right now. <laughs> it's happening because depositors are concerned about the bank failures that have happened and whether or not other banks could also um, no, it, it, fail. No, it's happening and because it's, you're fully insured no matter what the amount is. If you're in a big bank, you're not fully insured if you're in a community bank. Well, you're not fully insured. and You, you big, were at Signature, the, and the it, big, was, it just barely met that threshold. You were at Signature. Well, we felt that there was a serious risk of contagion that could have brought down and triggered runs on many banks. Um, and that's something, given that our judgment is that the banking system overall really is safe and sound, um, depositors should have confidence in the system 
and we took these actions. So there's a special assessment that's been done on community banks in my state and all banks across the country. Was there any discussion that that special assessment would only apply to the larger banks or was it always assumed so that special yeah, assessment yeah, that's basically the, would cover the every bank, it. including rural um, banks in my state? Um, I, I think I, I'm not certain what the rules are around that. Oh my that. God. Um, he was the head of our of the Fed reserve for like forever. And <laughs> yeah. like this person, she like wrote the laws, like the more of the recent laws, at least under Obama when Obama was you, there. you can kind of see her backed into a corner, can't you? Yes. Um, so I want to explain the why it's significant, you know, because like, so in, in kind of plain English, if, if some people in the audience didn't understand that, it's basically he's saying that like everybody, <laughs> because they're only insuring banks for unlimited amounts of money, um, banks that are too big to fail, right? Like, yeah, that, that's what she's yeah, saying without right. saying it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so people in these smaller community banks, if they're only insured up to $250,000, the people with large deposits in these banks are just going to move that money to the big banks that are too big to fail. So it's going to kind of force a consolidation, just like what people say has happened with the media. All media is now owned by six companies or eight companies, whatever mm -hmm. it is. You know, the same thing is kind of like happening with the banks. And you're going to see more mergers into larger and larger companies until you're going to end up where you have just a few. You know, so we saw it in 2008. Like yeah, it'll be like three banks left. You know, they'll well, be like Chase, oh Bank of America. You know, that's it or something, you know, they're, yeah. I mean, Wells Fargo. They're kind of doing the same thing with any, with any country that didn't want to be part of the, uh, the, um, well, BRICS or, or, or the NW or not NWO. I really thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say. NATO is what I was trying to say. I thought you were going to say the NWA and I was like, how did we get into rap? NWA. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, but like Nate, I mean, it was it seems to be the kind of the same similar thing that's going on. So yeah, any of this, it's, I mean, because yeah, essentially, if you if if the big banks are all part of the whole agenda that's going on, the the new world order agenda, and then it's just like, oh well, now we have all the money, we control the money. Hey, guess what? All the banks are now going to go digital currency, and you can't do anything about it. But yeah, so this exactly. is what this is, so is what I was trying to explain. But yeah, anyway. So people kind of say like, oh, you know, is it by design or is it by accident? You know, and there's that phrase like never, never let a good crisis go to waste. Like after 9-11, you saw a lot of laws like the Patriot Act come in, which curtailed people's freedoms. Like in 2008, you know, certain laws that were beneficial to the banking system came in, some that weren't beneficial. Um, and, you know, with this banking crisis, you can already see them sort of like, you know, certain things could be a little bit convenient because if you want to, you know, make the government more powerful, this is what you would do. You would try and consolidate power in, you know, six media companies, five banks, you know, you would, right? And then you also see them attacking uh, crypto right now quite heavily. Yeah. Um, we just had like Coinbase uh, receive a notice from the SEC that uh, they intend to pursue like a, a criminal complaint. Uh, is it criminal? Well, illegal complaint against them that they're selling unregistered securities uh with wow. regard to their staking and coinbase is the largest publicly traded crypto exchange in the world and i think it's the largest one in the u.s and largest publicly traded one in the world um it is. yeah and the funny thing is on, on the day they ipo'd in 2021 that was the day that the senate voted for the new head of the sec uh gensler 
who really who is the yes so coinbase came back you know they released a statement saying you know in the lead up to their ieo they worked with the sec to get everything by the book and legit but that was with the old sec so the day they went public a new head of the sec came in and this sec doesn't like what they're doing and they've apparently been in conversation with the sec for months trying to work through things and you know according to insiders and the SEC has, it's, you know, the talk's fallen through and the SEC is now basically just going after their whole business. Uh, this is what they say. But they say they're going to fight it in court. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's, that's But the link, the link with consolidating power in the financial system would be, you know, you attack crypto because you don't want, you know, if you want to crash the financial system and then kind of like reset it with a sort of central bank digital currency, stuff like that. You wouldn't want people going into alternative assets that are going to maintain value, right? So oh, you would so you would want to crash crypto. Well, and 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 actually, and that's exactly what's happening. People are a little bit in, un, or insecure about the banking system, and so Bitcoin just like jumped up by like eight thousand dollars over the last couple of weeks because of all yep. of this. So yeah, people are going into crypto because of insecurity about the banking system. Mm-hmm. So they can't have that. If, if you know, so they're attacking crypto at the same time. Yeah, uh, they're now they're now attacking a lot of celebrities. Well, any celebrity that promoted a coin, uh, and I mean maybe this is a good thing because there have been some celebrities who promoted some scam coins over the past couple of years, like Lindsay Lohan, Jake Paul just got charged, just settled with the SEC for like a hundred thousand dollars each. Um, bunch of, or, uh, sports stars too. Well, wait, what did they what did they settle for? What did they promote? Uh, well, they promoted a token called TRX, which was actually, actually heard of. Mm. yeah, it's like small tokens that were like uh, rug pulls or um, yeah. pump and dump it, schemes, you know. In, in essence, like especially the smaller stuff is really all like money or um, what is it, pyramid scheme stuff, you know? Pyramid like scheme. Someone, yeah. Someone creates a coin and it's like, oh, here, I'll just pay. Did, did they get paid to promote it, or did they promote it? Oh no, they were getting paid. Yeah, Lohan was paid $10,000 for one tweet and Jake Paul was paid $25,000. Okay, but and then they got charged for publishing that. So why is that a yeah. crime for them? It's like an That's ad. It's true. like running an ad. It's like, hey, they, you've got a big following. I need to push yeah. this thing. Here's money. Can you have you... a good point there, actually. I don't get the, why that's an issue. Yeah, they should go after the SEC. The SEC, right. the SEC decided to classify it as a security. So they promoted an unregistered security and they also did not disclose that it was an ad. There was no like hashtag ad or this is sponsored or anything like that on the tweet. I see. So yeah, they each had to return the money they were paid with interest and they had to pay a big fine. Jake Paul paid $75,000 fine. And I think Lohan paid $30,000 fine. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy. Um, so, so you know, I think in a way it's a good thing because they were promoting scams, but you can see it all being connected. The, the SEC yeah, but is how would the there. common man like yeah. Jake Paul or Lindsay Lohan just, know yeah. enough about this stuff to be able to make an assessment on whether it was a scam or not? The security laws are not that clear to the average citizen who isn't going right. to go onto the SEC to try to look through all of this nonsense to figure out what's going well, on. And the same thing happened with, with Sam Bankman Freed, right? It was like the same stuff. Like all these celebrities and even politicians were promoting what he was doing yeah they i mean that might be why they've been able to settle for maybe a a smaller amount of money than if they actually admitted guilt and were taken to court um Mm -hmm. but yeah a lot of these people just cashing in on their large following not really knowing you're like okay you want me to give some money for a tweet yeah i'll do it you know so they probably didn't have the intention of losing people money Um, i definitely don't think they did they probably were just like hey you know 
yeah, I need, yeah, you're going to give me money to make a tweet. Sure. I'll make a tweet. That's it. Literally. How would you know? Otherwise it's like, it's like, uh, you know, whatever, some corporation comes up to you and wants an affiliate marketing ad on you for your following. You're not going to like start digging into them to find out whether or not they're. Well, that's like the thing the whole thing with FTX, like, um, so the, I, I could probably talk about it on here because this is, this is, uh, yeah. So like FTX, they were a massive customer mm -hmm. of the uh, company that I have an agent, well, my agent uh, that gets me ads and all the major YouTubers who are in the financial space on really? YouTube are part of the same agency. <laughs> it's called Creators Agency. And they're a great, they, they've done a great job, like getting me advertisements. I've, you know, benefited so much. Their service is really good. So I have to say something good about them. And of course, they didn't know that FTX uh, was going to end up, you know, like it was. But Ooh. basically all of the biggest, you know, Graham Stephan, uh, Andre Jick, Meet Kevin, the biggest financial guys on YouTube, they had a whole channel that was sponsored by FTX, like a, a, a group channel that they did together. Right. Um, and so these guys are now being sued for a billion dollars collectively uh, in a class action suit. Um, cow. And, and like, uh, dude, oh, this is so frustrating because like, yeah, but that's not, that's business. How can you sue individuals for stuff that's going on in business? Well, like, and, and they're, they're like, yeah. they're like painting Sam as this like victim when he's the one that is like causing everything. And then his bail was like $250 million. And he's like, I have no was, money, but I just, and it was paid, wasn't it? By someone. We don't know who. Right. Exactly. He said his parents, but his parents are just like lawmakers. I mean, they're not that rich. How the heck did they have two hundred and fifty million dollars just like laying around? I think I think the name of the person who paid was was sealed, wasn't it? I don't think it was disclosed. It wasn't. It, yeah. So it Pro was someone. Pro probably uh, the money that we just sent over to Ukraine, since that since <laughs> Zelensky was using that whole that whole thing with Sam. I mean, they were they were speaking at a New York Times event, you know, together. With Bill Clinton there, even right. So yeah. and it shows like Bill Clinton meeting Sam. You know, he's like giving him a hug and everything, and it's just like, what the heck is going? Well, on? Also, that's another thing with the these these uh, banks that have gone bust or gone bankrupt is that the money uh, in them, um, you know, with a Silicon Valley bank, they had a fifty-one percent of I think of the deposits were from Chinese tech startups. Yes, and so and and then same with. Uh, FTX, there was a, a big Ukraine connection with with FTX, and then these are the ones that go bankrupt. So it's like, why are they going bankrupt? What you know, is there some battle going on, sort of behind the scenes here? You know, manipulation from both sides. You know, fighting it out over these these banks, um, right. and then obviously the the uh, you know Janet Yellen saying that a hundred percent of deposits in Silicon Valley Bank will be insured which includes the billions of dollars of Chinese tech startups that were in those banks. So we're basically now giving, you know, billions of dollars to the CCP um, with the, the insurance. Frustrating. And so many small businesses are losing it. Actually um, one of the companies that we use that hosts our videos on, on rise TV, uh, we got an email from them saying that there may be a couple of delays in payment because they had to switch banks because they were using um, <laughs> yes. I, I had a, a, a uh, advertiser also delay their ad by like two, uh, like a month or two months because uh, because of SVB. Yeah. 
so insane well guys we're gonna play another trailer and we'll come back and we'll have more on this and china and the epstein connection there's a war on children and its weapon is right in your own home in this critical series from edge of wonder we expose the astonishing truth about how children are being programmed and groomed with hidden sexual content and subliminal messages. Did you know that today's children's programming is full of sex and sexual themes? From erotic animation in Disney classics to behavior manipulation in modern Pixar, from Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network's questionable themes, to media, movies, and more. This is a bigger pattern of hidden nudity, sexual innuendos and in cartoons, and normalization of pedophilia that can't be ignored. After this video, you'll see why it's a spiritual battle for our children's morality and why we think parents should have all the facts to make the ultimate choices for their own kids. This is War on Children. Wow. All right. Yeah, that was a hitting trailer, guys. <laughs> that's an that's an intense one and uh if you guys at home uh if you're watching right now and you haven't watched the war on children series highly recommend you check that out lots of crazy information in there that well, yeah no i gotta go watch there. that wow yeah. and also if you're watching us on rumble please subscribe to our rumble channel and anywhere else that we are streaming so we would appreciate that all right should we talk what did, what did you want to talk about next because i, I kind of i know you only have 15 more minutes but I really I know wanted... I know what Ben wanted to talk about the uh, the Epstein connection with JP Morgan and stuff and I think it's pretty interesting so Okay. Have you heard that's about not this? something I've heard about it but I haven't researched it as much as you so I think maybe you should lead on it. So, oh, one of the they're just Jane Doe cuz she didn't officially want to use her name came out and said that she had a proof and evidence and filed a lawsuit against JP Morgan um the bank JP Morgan and Deutsche Bank for their involvement in the Epstein case. And it, it's a known fact that JP Morgan was managing Epstein's money because there's a lot of people that are like, wait a minute, you know, you're trying to cancel out like all these conservative more people, you know, like they were just closing accounts, but you didn't close Epstein's account even when everything was going on, you know? So there was a lawsuit and a judge dismissed completely the lawsuit against J.P. Morgan in this Epstein case with this woman who filed it, who, who claims to be an Epstein victim. However, I just I like just found out that a, a judge now says the, le the lawsuit can uh -huh. continue over J.P. Morgan ties. But wait a minute, look at this. It says Deutsch. Check out, it says several Epstein claims dismissed, but then in the small print underneath, it says each bank, however, still must face four claims, a judge ruled Monday. And the, the lawyer for the victim says that's a monumental victory. So it's kind of funny that they put in huge writing, dismissed, 
And then in the small print, it's like, actually, there's still four claims that (laughs) (laughs) they have to get through. Right. That is that is classic modern journalism right there. (laughs) Agenda driven, agenda, agenda based journalism. (laughs) That's crazy. So, yes. And uh, yeah, so it looks like it's going to continue. I don't know. We'll see what happens with this. I mean, anything going up against the banks is like. You know, trying to if they were um, politician at the same time, if they were managing his money, I think they must have known what was going on because, I mean, banks have a a way of flagging suspicious um, transactions. You know, I think Hunter Biden had something like a hundred suspicious transactions flagged. Right, I I don't know the exact number, but I I was listening to it on a business news channel the other day. He had like all these suspicious transactions flagged and sent to the IRS. so if Epstein was doing, <laughs> he was banking with them. He must have had a lot of suspicious-looking transactions. Yeah, I mean, the, the, but but connections to just like turn a blind eye too. I'm sure. Or or if you're a CEO of a bank and I'm Epstein and I'm saying, hey, come visit my island. <laughs> That's probably why. Yeah, that could be why. You know, exactly. his island. That's Is Jamie Dimon on his flight logs? <laughs> Uh, I don't. Th- I actually don't think so. I, I don't yeah. remember seeing his name. So who? J- J- um, oh, the CEO. Jamie yeah. Diamond. He's the CEO oh. of Chase right now. So I don't think he was. But either there's large kickbacks going somewhere, money going somewhere, something's going on. We've been in such a stri- like the the <laughs> CEO's last name is Diamond of J.P. Morgan, uh, without the D. Diamond. Just diamond. Diamond. Still, diamond. though, it's like it Sam should be diamond, but it's Bankman diamond. Freed. It's, it's weird. Like weird. it really is weird, man. Totally we live in a story. Strange world. Ben, people are wondering where you're from because your your accent is different. Oh yeah. Well, I was I was born in Hong Kong, and uh, I uh, my parents are British, and we moved to the UK when I was nine, and I lived there for my teenage years, and then I studied in Taiwan for one year when I was at university. And then uh, when I graduated from the University of London, I moved to New York and I've been here ever since. And you're fluent in Chinese, right? Uh, yeah, that was my major in college is uh, modern and classical Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> that is pretty cool. Really... So we, we actually had another YouTube channel uh, in, in Chinese language that we, uh, we did that got really, really big in, in Taiwan. That was um, called um... Foreigner's View of China. Foreigner's view of China. <laughs> well, I was, yes. I was actually like the number three internet celebrity in Taiwan by. Yeah, self. you'd walk down the street in Taiwan, and everyone would be like, "Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> wild, right?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was funny. I was like this big celebrity, but I didn't live there, so I didn't really experience it most of the time. But I would just, uh-huh. I would do my show every week, and it gets sent off, and millions of people would watch it. And uh, so I'd go there like two or three times a year, and have to like. Yeah, walk down the street and every five minutes someone comes up for a photo or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's cool. That's yeah. What an interesting karmic relationship with people on it's, another yeah. side of the world. Super weird. Yeah. You know, it's like being a celebrity without not with without actually really being a celebrity. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just <laughs> like get the to... truth is, is I'm actually famous in Taiwan. You know, everyone's <laughs> like, I'm famous in Japan. You can be like, I'm famous in Taiwan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it would be true. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, I, I we don't film that show anymore, not since like 2018. So I'm probably like a Z-list now, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm Z-list in Taiwan. 
maybe not. So what's your prediction of what's going to happen with the banking system, everything that's going on? And, and, and also, well, um, and also <laughs> uh, Ben, I'd really like love to know what your understanding is of the new CBDC and what's going to happen with that. Yeah, so this summer they've got FedNow, which is a new um, payment system uh, that will have instant payments. So the old ACH transfer thing that it takes overnight to, to clear, um, that's going to be replaced by FedNow. And that provides instant payments. Now, that isn't actually a crypto or a blockchain-based thing, but it kind of has a very similar functionality in that it competes with blockchain because blockchain is instant, right? You send something on uh, Ethereum network or something it takes, well, sometimes it takes a few minutes, but it's pretty much instant, um, pretty almost instant. instant transfer. Whereas if you use a bank and you send an ACH or a wire or something, it typically takes overnight. So the first step um, is, uh, is Fed now. Um, but there was a, an executive order, I think it was last year or was it 2021? where they basically said, explore the possibilities of a central bank digital currency in, in, the, uh, in the executive order. So we know that they are thinking about it. Obviously, all the conspiracy kind of channels are, are, are saying like, oh, the, as soon as this FedNow thing comes in, then the next step is uh, central bank digital currency, and then they'll ban everything else, and they'll ban cash. And, you know, I mean, maybe, I, I don't know. Um, we could be going down a, a path like that. So um, but the one thing we do know is is that this FedNow system is is coming in this summer. In, they've confirmed they think it's coming in July, uh, and it's in the starting the testing phase now. Um, so you'll be able to have instant payments through the Fed, um, and that could potentially pave the way for a sort of centralized payment system and potentially a Fed coin, like a, a blockchain based digital currency um, that's actually released by the Federal Reserve. Um, I mean, it would make sense, you know, to do it anyway. Um, yeah. but then what's going to happen to, you know, if they release their coin and it inflates and it goes down in value and all the other coins like Bitcoin are kind of trending up, uh, who, who's going to use the feds coin, you know? So, um, it, well, yeah. unless they get rid of cash altogether, which, which, which they want to do, create one world currency, get rid of the cash where if you have cash, it's like, well, yeah, now you have to go to the bank and convert it into digital currency. And then it's like, now you can only use your phone or your app or whatever it is to make purchases at that point. Cause that gives you ultimate power, doesn't it? It gives the government ultimate power that, you know, if you can only use electronic means, they can always cut off your bank account Any we saw it in canada with the the truckers they they shut down some of their bank accounts i wonder though america is such a <clears throat> spread out place i mean think about how much land mass we have here and how many people use cash like oh yeah rural america would never be able to do that at all i mean like, any anyone any tradesman you know anyone who like comes and cuts your grass or like yeah free yeah, service they they run on cash because they're all avoiding taxes, right? So they want cash. <laughs> and, and, yeah. I, and Chinese I, restaurants. Yeah, yeah. But I totally can I restaurant ever again. Totally support them avoiding taxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like here, take cash so you don't have to. Money. You know. Yeah, because you know, like the rich can avoid taxes legally, right? With expensive accountants and setting up like S corps and a lot of deductions and all sorts of things. The people on lower down, they actually are the ones who could get in trouble potentially because they avoid taxes illegally by just, you know. Yeah. And that's that's actually what they illegal. want to do too is try to eliminate a lot of the small small businesses because again, then it, 
then it centralizes everything into more of a bigger monopoly aspect of the businesses they can control. Exactly. Just like with the banking thing, right? The FDIC insurance, like they're creating monopolies, several companies that control one industry. Get rid um, of the little guy. Sucks. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, there's actually a pretty interesting question from Silver Surfer. I just want to ask you. He's saying um, he wants to ask what you think about the true value of silver could be without short contract manipulation with gold now breaking to 2K an ounce. Yeah, I mean, that's what everyone says, isn't it? Like silver, uh, well, gold and silver are both manipulated um, mm -hmm. with silver actually being having more upside uh, than gold. Like it's like it's more manip It should be way more expensive than it currently is. So silver potentially has the, you know, more upside. Um, I, I buy small amounts of both. Um, but I'm not like some of these people who are like, oh man, I've got to get like into precious metals. Um, personally, I think physical property, like, like real estate is actually a better, a, a better hedge because it actually produces, you know, rents, <laughs> produces income. Uh, whereas gold and silver, if it, if it's, it sits there, it's not doing anything. It might even cost you money to store. So you know, if you're a prepper kind of guy, like the sort of guy who, who has a load of uh, dried food in his basement and that actually I have that too, but anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I think we all have my Patriot supply in the basement, right? <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I, I have some small amounts of gold and silver because I think it's good to have, you know, maybe like 5% of a portfolio or something, but what I'm personally, I'm concentrating on, I'm, I'm not really looking at stocks because I think you know, there's too much uncertainty right now. Um, obviously, you want to try and buy at the bottom of the market, when, buy when others are fearful. Um, but I think we're at a stage where we could have a really, really big uh, financial crash coming. So I'm not really confident that, uh, you know, Michael Berry, the guy who predicted the uh, 2008 oh, yeah. crash, he yes. tweeted out a while back at the market bottom that we're only 50% more to go, right? So you know, you would be seeing the Dow coming down to like, you know, below 25,000, maybe even 22, 23,000, a lot lower than it is now. Um, so I'm like cautious of stocks at the moment. Um, so personally, I think the best investment for long-term wealth is physical real estate. Um, so, you know, personally right now I'm doing a Airbnb cabin that I'm going to rent out. Um, but, you know, you could do it with Airbnb, you could do it with rental properties, uh, house hacking where you buy a duplex and you live in half and you rent the other half out and the other half actually covers your mortgage for the whole place. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think physical real estate, I prefer that to gold and silver. But sure, if you know the Fed really collapses, um, you could see gold and silver shoot up. If the manipulation of it stops, I think the market, you know, the price of gold and silver will, you know, gold probably pass $5,000 an ounce easy um, and silver... I don't know. People say silver should be, it's what, like $25 uh, an ounce right now or $20 an ounce it or something? It fluctuates between like 25 and 30. No, okay. Where, where I haven't checked it for a while. I remember I was buying it back during the, the pandemic when it was like 25. Yeah. And then it actually went down for a while. Um, and gold, I, I tend to, oh, look, I've actually got, actually got a little bit of gold right here. Look, that's like a gram. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How much is that worth right there? 250 Uh A gram. I, 
I don't know actually. Twenty eight grams in an ounce, and an ounce is two thousand dollars. So, is it a uh, hundred bucks? Maybe yeah, hundred bucks for that, or eighty bucks for that. Yeah. Imagine that that little thing's worth a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, one grand. Yeah, so I, I, <laughs> I've, I've bought. Um, I have some bigger pieces than that, but yeah, I do buy. You know, I would encourage people like if they, if you really think that we are having, going to have a bad uh, financial time in the future, then do buy some, some gold and silver, but just remember, it doesn't give you any dividend or bring you in any money. So it just stays there, but it doesn't devalue. Mm -hmm. It'll only go up slowly. Yeah. So I only suggest it and it's not financial advice, but I only suggest it for like five to 10% of a portfolio. You could have some physical gold and silver, but you know, what cracks yeah. me up whenever I'm watching a movie and it's like one of these buried treasure movies and these guys end up finding gold and they start stuffing gold into their backpack, like big things of gold. And I'm like, have you ever really felt <laughs> it's gold? Heavy. It yeah, it's heavy. So heavy. No <laughs> way would you be able to carry that backpack out of there. No way. I, I have I have one kilo silver. I don't like a what, what I don't even know to call it, like a brick. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bar. So yeah. So I had it in my backpack and I gave someone my backpack. It, it, it's like old. and oh my gosh it was it, they were like do you have like what the heck do you have do you have like bricks in here or something and it's so heavy it's, just, <laughs> it's one kilo of silver thing so it really is heavy and now by the way i was wrong I, I was thinking it was like 25 30 i guess that's the price if you're going to purchase silver because it's always a little bit more if you're trying mm -hmm. to buy it it's more like around like you were right ben it's more like 23 dollars oh okay so. Well, Ben, before I know you have to take off, it's 830. Yeah, yeah. Before you go, yeah. everyone who's watching right now, if you have not subscribed to Dirty Money or the Credit Shifu, please go do that. Um, he's on YouTube, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Twitter, and it's at Dirty Money Show. Um, yeah, and YouTube is the main platform, but we're on all the others as well. And we're on uh, we're on Rumble as well. So, yeah. And then, Ben, uh, is there anything else or any other way that you'd like to tell people that where they can find you? Um, well, uh, yeah, I mean, you can follow Dirty Money or you can follow my channel, which is The Credit Shifu. Um, but yeah, just, just search Dirty Money, um, Dirty Money Show uh, on any of the major platforms and you should find, uh, find our channel. Awesome. And you're doing great work. I've been watching it. I'm a fan. So it's, pr it's pretty awesome to watch it grow. Yeah, we came out with videos uh, today and well, today, tomorrow, the next day, we're going to be uploading videos on many of the topics we talked about in this show uh, as well. So Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, Sounds hey, thanks good. so much for spending time with us, Ben. Always great to have you on the show and uh, have a great weekend. Cool. Thanks, guys. See right. ya and see, see you, everyone. Bye. Hi, everyone. I'm Rob, and this is Ben from Edge of Wonder. You might recognize us from YouTube, where we had a popular channel from 2018 to 2020 with videos on space, spirituality, the human body, and forbidden history. Our content covered anything cool that we found information on, which the mainstream either couldn't or wouldn't talk about. Our channel had over 500,000 subscribers and we had more than 45 million views. But then we were censored and demonetized without warning for daring to look deeper into topics and bring you the truth. But we refused to be stopped. Now we're excited that Edge of Wonder is going live twice a week with deep dives, interviews, Q and A's, and more of the content you love. And that's not all. We've been getting lots of requests for our timeless episodes on topics like the Mandela Effect, transhumanism, communism, and more. We're happy to say we've got them all, as well as new series every month on our own platform, Rise.TV.
And don't forget my favorites like The Power of the Mind, Near-Death Experiences, Ancient Civilizations, and the list keeps getting longer. To watch it all, subscribe to Rise.TV, where you'll get our full, original, uncensored catalog of exclusive content. And you won't want to miss our hilarious live chats with our awesome Rise community. It's like we're all one big family over there with lots of hope and humor. And until next time, we'll see you out on the edge of wonder. Hey, everybody. Hey. Are we going straight into the... Uh, we, we just did. The <laughs> dig deep